Welcome to the LeanZone.com podcast, where we discuss construction contracts, liens, and bonds. And now, our host, Alex Barthet. So, change orders are inevitable. And because they're inevitable, you need to be able to account for them in how you deal with your construction. Uh, so there's two things that you should do. Uh, the first is understand and define a way that you're going to calculate how change orders are priced. Um, and you want to minimize the risk of change orders being inflated because if a sub has to submit a change order, that sub is now ha has the ability to dictate uh, the price, and that price may be far in excess of what's reasonable, but especially subs that have permitted work, you can't just switch them out. You need to deal with them and negotiate as a contractor. So um, we talked about having unit prices in your contract. One of the reasons to have unit prices is it limits now what you have to negotiate about. So if you have a lump sum contract with uh, certain unit prices because those items may be subject to a change order, we now don't have to negotiate those items because we've agreed in advance of what those unit prices are, even if it's just for men, right? We agree a laborer is, you know, $19 an hour. Uh, the other thing that you need to account for in a change order is how much overhead and profit the, con the subcontractor is going to recover. It's best to define that in the contract so it's not subject to negotiation later. Um, actually, we go back here. The last thing that you can do as a contractor is require that the sub maintain segregated records for any change order work so that you can account for those changes uh, when it comes time to reconcile the total account or just the change order. Um, so let's take a look at some provisions. Um, okay, contractor reserves the right to require subcontractor to make changes in the work, including additions and deletions without invalidating the subcontract Subcontractor only upon the written direct directive from the contractor shall perform the changed work as set forth in the contract documents. Let's stop there for a minute. So we get clients that come to us and they have disputes about change orders all the time. And the main problem that we see is that the subcontractor is not following the change order process because they allow the contractor to tell them to do changed work without requiring a change order. If you go to your contract, it says you cannot do any contract, any change order work without a change order. So you get an email and it says, I need this. Uh, you get a set of clouded uh, plan pages and you go ahead and, and move forward. That's not a change order. So what you need to do as a sub is you get that and you say, uh, let me stop what I'm doing, let me write a change order, let me submit it. And then you know and I know it's going to get probably rejected. No, no, we need you to keep going because the owner is going to approve it later. And OK, that's fine. Then 
the, the, our contract says that I'm entitled to a change order. Uh, let me say it differently. Our contract says I can't do any work without a change order. So here's my change order. Uh, I, I cannot, I as the contractor cannot approve that change order. Okay, what do you want me to do? And that's where we get to the next section in the, in the contract. And it says that they can still direct you to do the work. But what you want to do as a sub is submit the change order and then they don't approve it, but then they direct you to do the work anyways. And the reason that's important as a sub is because now we go from having an argument later about whether it was or wasn't a change to begin with and then what the price is to just having an argument about the price. Because if they direct you to do work uh, under this next provision, it's an admission by the contractor that it is a change order, right? Because we talked early on about lots of provisions where the contractor wants to say, no, it's within your scope, it's not a change. Don't think that because they send you a set of clouded documents, uh, uh, plan pages, that they're gonna automatically agree that it's a change. They may say, no, 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 you should have known that those were there. So that's not a change order for you. You want to try to uh, deal with those issues early, as early as possible before you spend all the money and time, and then you have to fight about it later. So the provision goes on. At the request of the contractor, subcontractor shall, mit, shall submit a detailed written proposal for any applicable price and time adjustments attributable to the change work. All change orders shall be priced in a manner not to exceed the actual cost of the net change work, less any and all credits and savings, plus, and here it says 10%, but it could be anything, for overhead and profit, set amount to be inclusive of any and all taxes, insurance, bond premiums, expenses, labor, right? Um, out of sequence work, accelerations, delay costs. So it says, you're gonna give me a number, you're gonna add 10%, and that's the number. Um, so remember, by the way, at least as this one's written, if you submit your price plus 10%, plus 1% for insurance and 2% for bond, this provision says, no, that's part of your 10%. So remember, how you, how, what the contract says is what governs, not what you customarily put in your contract. So when you read the contract, you need to recognize, no, 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 it's 10% plus bond and insurance. If that's the case, then you need to change your, what it says in the subcontract. Now, if the parties are unable to agree on such adjustment, and this is what you want to do, this, as a sub, this is what you're trying to get. You're trying to get the contractor to not agree before you do the work. I submitted my change order, you don't agree, now we, we flip over to the next way to deal with changes. So it says, if the parties are unable to agree upon such adjustments, contractor may elect to ensure the change order, to issue the change order to subcontractor directing such work to be performed by subcontractor, and any adjustments to the subcontract price or time shall be subject to ultimate determination in accordance with the subcontract with this subcontract and the contract documents and subcontractor shall nonetheless proceed immediately with the change work and subcontractor shall have the work shall have work tickets for said change work signed daily by contract project contractors project management what it effectively says is 
If we can agree on a change order, great. If not, I, contractor, can direct you to do the change work and you're going to keep segregated records and we'll figure it out later. The benefit to you as a sub is if you get to the second phase, it's not a change anymore. The parties agreed it's a change. Now it's just how much are you getting. This episode is brought to you by the Miami Construction Forum. This invitation-only group of construction professionals of all sizes and trades meets monthly for an informal lunch and learn session on current topics of interest, from getting paid and safety to bonding and insurance. To see the upcoming topics and request your invitation, visit MiamiConstructionForum.com. The failure of the subcontractor to perform this work shall constitute a material breach of this agreement regardless of the legitimacy of the subcontractor's uh, contention as it is specifically understood and agreed that the progress of the subcontract work may not be delayed by reason, by, by reason of any controversy between the parties. Subcontractors shall keep a detailed account of the direct savings and direct costs due to the change work separately from its other accounting and shall make such records available to the contractor at contractor's request, in no event shall subcontractor proceed with the change work without a change order issued pursuant to this article. You lose, as a sub, you lose all of your leverage once you do the work and then you fight about the change. You need to, you need to understand that the leverage that you have to get a resolution to this problem exists before you do the work, before you finish the job. Um, we have a lot of folks in our office that we're trying to be the nice guy, that we're trying to cooperate and finish the job, and now we're fighting about it after the fact. As a contractor, you need to understand that if you can get a sub to do the work without getting a signed change order, that's great. It's ultimately going to turn into a, potentially turn into a dispute later. Um, but you still, as a GC, are better off making sure that the sub is keep, keeping these segregated records because you don't want to have a fight yourself uh, if you can avoid it. Any questions about changes? All right. Let's talk about uh, notices. How is notice supposed to be provided? We get this question all the time. Is an email a good notice? Can I fax a notice? What about text messages? Are text messages notice? Um, so let's talk about what the contract says, most contracts say, and then let's talk about what happens on the job and, and what you can do to improve your communication on a job. So most contracts say how notice is to be provided. Oh, sorry, it says who notice is to be provided to and how notice should be provided. So good practice says that you should send important notices two ways or one way to two people, right? So that's, that's the best way to do it. And best practice is that you send it to both parties both ways. Now, in the old days, it was always fax and certified mail. Nowadays, it's typically email and certified mail. So let's take a quick look at a provision. All notices provided in the subcontract shall be in writing and deemed given if delivered via both first-class postal mail and email to, and then it lists the name and address of the people that it's supposed to go to. Either party may, from time to time, 
change their notice, this is important, if you have a contract and it says you're going to get notice at a certain email address and or a certain physical location and that changes, it's up to you to tell the other side that it's changed. And to be proper in the way you do that, you need to give that notice to the person in the contract that's supposed to get that notice, right? So if this contract says that John Smith is supposed to get the notice, when you change your address, you got to make sure John Smith gets the notice of your address change. Oh, let's see here. And then sometimes it says how notice is deemed received. All notices shall be deemed received the earlier of actual receipt or three business days from delivery. Again, with email, it's, it's much less of an issue. Thanks for listening to the LeanZone.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast app. For articles, videos, and forms on this and other construction topics, head over to the LeanZone.com.